the church. It's great that you're here and uh, we're just glad that you've come to worship God or just to even begin your journey in finding out who God is. This is your first time here this morning. We want to say welcome. The good news is we're not going to make you do anything that you don't want to do this morning. So you're safe and we just hope that you'll enjoy the time that you spend here. It's exciting. Many times people, uh, it takes a lot of courage to come to church for the first time. And if that's you, it's great that you're here and we just want to say welcome to you. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that are here that are visiting and have just um, come by um, for this Sunday and might not be with us again. We're excited because our house is just full of visitors this weekend. Um, we've got uh, some global interaction uh, missionaries staying with us and they're people that uh, are up in the Northern Territory and uh, Claire and Tim Count. Claire, do you want to just, uh, Claire and Tim, just stand up and let everyone see you? So they're with, uh, they're with the uh, Baptist ABMS or Global Interaction um, Missions and so they're up there in Northern Territory. You can talk to them after. And Tanya Harris is here with us too, and she's the academic dean at Hillsong College. So, Tanya, give her a bit of a wave. <laughs> so, I'm under a lot of pressure this morning as I <laughs> preach my message. So, and lunch will be very difficult, I'm sure. No, they're, they're, it's great. But, you know, that's just a sample of some of the visitors here today. But we've even got uh, not just interstate visitors, but people who've come from right across the other side of the world, from uh, Canada, um, a place, uh, Canada, Saskatchewan, and a place right in Saskatchewan is called Herbert, and there's Ken and Kathy Siemens are here with us. Where are they? From, from right over in Canada. Great. Welcome. And I know uh, some of our people went to Canada recently, and they said people just always say, you're welcome, you're welcome. Well, we want to say, you're welcome this morning. Okay. It's great that you're here. Um, we're, there's a lot of people that aren't here this morning and uh, that's because they've gone on the ESA camp. A lot of our young people have uh, gone to ESA and they're going to be spending the whole uh, week there. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, camps really impacted my life. Uh, often there were times when I made incredible, significant decisions in my uh, spiritual walk. So we can pray for those young people this morning that God would, would just uh, meet them on this CSA camp and uh, that God would speak to them and change their lives. I just want to let you know tonight is going to be a, a, a great time for us to get together. We had a, a DVD last week of Erwin McManus and many people have been saying oh, it was just great. And so we've, again tonight we're going to be showing a DVD of uh, Bill Hybels and he's going to be talking tonight about the whispers of God and hearing uh, God's spirit and his voice in your daily life. This morning we're going to be talking about prayer and uh, this is just a great link tonight. So if you want to come tonight as well and hear more about how to hear God's voice every day, it's uh, very ex exciting. So come along. Um, also, uh, to this morning we're on our second in our four-week series on uh, learning four greats. Anyone know what they are? Habits. That's right. Our desire for uh, at New Year's time often is to have some great habits. Sometimes it's getting fitter or losing more weight or sometimes we say, you know, we want to read more books or be a better dad or better mum and we put in little habits that will help us become that. Well, we're going to be looking at four great habits and last, uh, th these are great habits to help you grow as a Christian. Last week we looked about getting a grip on your Bible 
actually how to learn how to grasp God's word and to know it. You know, we talked about how you can hear God's word, uh, read God's word, study God's word, memorize God's word, think on God's word, and apply God's word. And that's how you get a great grip on God's word. Some of those, uh, sometimes you didn't get them. We only had a few, I think about 150 available last week and we ran out quickly. So they're back in your news sheet again. If you missed last week, you can grab that and take that home today. Um, And also we've got notes there as well. So I I wonder if you don't have a pen uh, or a pencil, um, we're going to make those available for you right now. So if you don't, just put your hand up and people will come and um, provide you with a pencil so you can fill those out during the service. So here they come, just walking right down, all the pencils now. And while you're waiting for that to happen, let's all turn together to Matthew, book of Matthew. And Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 15. So don't be afraid. If you don't have a pen or writing implement, just put your hand right up. There's a couple down the front here. And our last habit, spending time with God's word today, it's spending time talking with God. And we're talking about prayer, the second habit this morning. So Matthew 6 and verses 5 to 15. And now about prayer, Jesus says. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I assure you, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father secretly. Then your father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on. Don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered only by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them because your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honoured. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us our food for today and forgive us our sins just as we've forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's uh, pray this morning as we come to look at this habit of prayer. God, we come to you, the one who hears and the one who answers. God, as we come, we're reminded of the incredible promises that your word holds about who you are. God, you're the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are without power, even uh, without limit to your power. There's no limit to it. God, 
Uh, even youths and young people grow tired and weary, but you don't get exhausted in your power. You've got more power than we could ever need in our lives. So God, we come to you this morning and we say, God, would you speak to us this morning? Would you challenge us this morning? And would you change our lives? God, help us to develop these habits that will help us to grow to become more and more like you. Give us the discipline and the diligence that we need to become those that regularly practice habits that help us become more like you. God, this morning there are many needs that we want to bring before you. God, we want to pray for those who are uh, sick and those who are suffering at this time. God, we thank you that you are the God who heals. And God, we know that it's not beyond your ability at all to completely heal those that are sick. And so, God, we lift up people that are uh, sick at the moment, that are going through all different times, types of treatment and hurts. God, people that are, are feeling... Uh, really discouraged and, and lonely and tired and weary. And God, we commit them to you, knowing that you're able to heal. And God, we, we, we rest as we offer them up to you, knowing that you are God and your will will be done as we ask these prayers. God, we want to pray for our young people this morning too, so many that are away at ESA camp. And we just pray, God, that you would speak to them and challenge them and transform their lives. God, would you meet them in a mighty way this week? God, we thank you for the hopes of a new year. And we just long to live this new year to the full, honouring you in all that we do. Thanks for your presence here this morning. And thanks for the opportunity we have to open your word, to worship you, to hear from you and to say how much we love you this morning. So we thank you for your presence and we continue to worship you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to worship. So remember that, uh, 9 o'clock and 11 a.m. next Sunday. So, so that's great. Um, I, I don't know whether you have someone like this uh, that you come across every now and again, but I, I reckon my uncle is uh, someone who, every time I talk to him, I seem to come away thinking, wow. He just spoke a few words to me, but they really impacted my life. You know, it made a big difference in my life. I, I can remember one time I was doing exams and he said, how are you going with your studies? And I said, oh, finding it's so hard just to fit everything in and doing that. He said, have you ever heard of front-end loading? And I said, no, I've never heard of front-end loading. He said, well, they do this a lot in Japan. He said, uh, when we, he, worked, he worked for ICI Ceramics at the time in marketing. He said, whenever they have a product, that they're going to launch, they break down the whole process into little steps. You know, so three months from the date of launch, they do this step, then they do this step, then they do this step. And by the time it gets to the very date of launch, it's just the next step. And that's all he said to me, but I went away and I thought about the implications of that for my study. Instead of staying up all night for the three nights prior to my exam, <laughs> I could actually break down my study program over the months before. Some of you are thinking, I wish I'd talked about this before the exam. <laughs> but if I could just do that, it's incredible. And so I worked on front-end loading. 
And the other, uh, uh, a little while ago, he said, oh, well, I just get these tips from this guy. He sends them to me all the time. And I thought, all right, I'll see how they go. But now this bloke sends me these little tips. Some of them are pretty ordinary, actually, but some of them are really good. And so this week I got an email from a guy my uncle said, you know, just get onto his things and he'll send you these tips. And, and these were some of the tips that this guy, Philip um, Humbert, sent me about uh, tips for extraordinary living. Now, this guy used to be a pastor, but now he's uh, just encourages business people. And um, he, he, these are the tips that he said for people at the start of the year. He said, make 2006 your best year ever. Start with very clear goals. And he said, make up your mind secondly, so start with clear goals. Make up your mind secondly to stay focused no matter how long it takes. And thirdly, agree to work very, very hard. And he said, if you're fortunate and success comes quickly, good for you. But more often, success and Fortune and fame come as a result of long hours, persistent effort and clear goals. Stay the course. Make this year the year you turn it around and create the life you've wanted. <laughs> He's talking about how to uh, be successful in different ways than I think really bring success. But the principles are key. If you want to do anything worthwhile, there's just some simple things to do is to make a clear goal of what you want to do. Uh, determine that no matter what happens, you're going to not sway from fulfilling this goal. And then work very, very hard at ensuring that you do that goal to the best of your ability. That's clear, isn't it? We're talking about habits. I remember last week we talked about getting a grasp on your Bible. And at the end, I just uh, pulled out a little bit of a um, sheet, which was 15 minutes with God, that we said, uh, you know, let's just try this this, this week. You know, let's start, if, you haven't, if you're not having one, start small and work on it. Now, some of you this week perhaps did it every week and had it every day of this week and found it really great and that's fabulous. But some of us probably got to about halfway through the week and thought, oh gee, I've had such a late night and I've got such a busy day and I've missed it. Well, one of the good things to remember when that happens is, well, is this a goal I really want to achieve? Then I'm going to let nothing stop it and I'm going to keep working really, really hard at ensuring that will happen. Because that's how habits are created and keep going. So there's some little tips um, that I found helpful. But each of these four habits that we're looking at will actually transform your life. So they're worth making a goal and making it into a regular habit of your life. The second, the, the one that we're looking at today is uh, the one that is talking with God, spending time uh, with God praying uh, with him, uh, spending time in communicating with God. Now, the disciples had obviously seen in Jesus's life the profound impact of time with God. You know, they, they must have observed him regularly and they must have seen him praying and seen the power of prayer at work in Jesus's life. And they were so intrigued by Jesus's prayer life that one day after Jesus had been praying in a certain place, they asked him, and, and this is in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, they came to him and they say, said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. It's what we want to know. We want to know, Jesus, how to pray. 
Notice, you know, they didn't say, teach us to do other things. Teach us about this, teach us about that. They came and they said, teach us to pray because they'd realised that prayer was such an important thing for them to know. It makes sense that they would go and ask Jesus about that. You know, if you want to know about, um, about uh, cricket, perhaps you go and ask Richie Benno, you know, about cricket. If you want to know about football, maybe you'd go and ask Eddie Maguire about football. If, it, if you want to know about computers, maybe you'd go and ask Bill Gates about computers. If you want to know about Wodonga, perhaps you'd go and ask Peter Marshall, the chief executive officer, or the newly elected councillor Brian Wicks here, who now, because he's a councillor, will know everything about Wodonga. <laughs> if you want to know something about something, you go to an expert in the field, don't you? It just makes sense. And the disciples were talking to the right person, weren't they? When they came and said, Lord Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Jesus knew more than anyone about intimacy with God. You know, Jesus responded, and his response is found in the verses that we've read here, in Matthew 6 and verses 5 to 15. And I think as we look at this passage together this morning, and as we kind of find some principles that will help us with ways to form habits of prayer, I think it's going to be pretty helpful to us because we're going to be learning from Jesus himself. Teach us to pray. And these are his responses. I think some of the things uh, that will be helpful as we just look, just some three things that are important for us that we get out of this initial response as the people came and asked Jesus about prayer. I think Jesus says in verses uh, five, in verse five, that we're just to be uh, real, to be, uh, just to be ourselves, to be honest, to be just normal as we come to God. And look what it says in Matthew 5 and, and verse 6. Uh, Matthew 6 and verse 5. And now about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I assure you, that is all the reward they will ever get. Uh, Jesus is just saying here, the first things about prayer, you know, is when you come, just be normal. Have you ever... Uh, found yourself walking in at home and, you know, uh, I, I know I don't often do this, but, you know, imagine me coming home and saying, oh, thou lovely woman, Amanda, I beseech you to come and help me take my things in from the car. You know, for starters, she wouldn't come and do that. No, you would. But the other thing, it just is not normal, is it? It's not how I would normally speak to her. And yet, for some reason, many of us, when it comes to prayer, we put on a deeper voice. We use a different language than what we would normally do because there's something that says we have to be someone else when we come to pray. It's not true. Jesus is saying here, just be real. You know, don't put on a big show. Don't put on a big thing. Don't try and impress others. Uh, when you're praying? Have you ever been in a prayer meeting where that happens, you know, and people go on and on and on and everyone's thinking, finally they'll finish. We'd love to pray with them, but we don't understand what they're saying. And, you know, sometimes we can fall for trying to impress others. But the other thing is here, don't impress God. You know, 
Don't try and impress him with your words. He knows you completely, so just be real. Jesus goes on and in verse 6, he says, you know, just relax. Just be relaxed as you pray. He says in verse 6, um, uh, but when you go, when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father secretly. Then your father who knows all secrets real, will reward you. You know, just go away in a place where you're by yourself, where there's no one going to be interrupting you and just be relaxed where you are. Have you ever tried to have a, a time with God of prayer when people are running in and asking you questions and the TV's on and all of this is happening and you're trying to pray in the midst of it and it doesn't seem to work? But just, just, just relax. Shut the door. Quieten down. Take a few breaths and relax. The third thing in Matthew 7 and 8, it's, uh, Matthew 6 and verse 7 and 8, it says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions choose. Don't think, they think that their prayers are answered only by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them because your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Now, Matthew 6 and 7, Jesus is saying right then, be, be revealing, actually share honestly how you're feeling. You know, some people just talk about things that are safe to talk about and talk about things trying to think, well, this is, I think, what God's wanting me to pray, so I won't actually be revealing and share who I really am with God. You know, I'll just say words over and over again to fill up the time. Sometimes it just doesn't, uh, it's not helpful. God wants you to come as you are, being real. He wants you to just be yourself, relax, take a few deep breaths and just be honest with him. Don't just try and um, carry on with lots of words to fill up the time. There's some good helpful approaches before we even come to, to praying. Just to say to ourselves, you know, in this prayer time, I, I just want to be honest and real before God. I want him to know my heart. And, you know, God, I just want you in all that I'm doing to know I'm, I'm here before you. I'm relaxed. I'm ready for you to speak to me. And then Jesus uh, moves in after this time and he says, this then is how you should pray. Pray like this. Pray like this. Um, notice there that he doesn't say in Matthew 6 and 9, pray this. There's a big difference, isn't it? I'm putting the like in there. Because what's happened down the, down the ages sometimes is people have said, if we can just pray this prayer together during the service, we're doing what God asked us to do. And people have sometimes said, we need to pray the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again every week in order to fulfil his promise here. But Jesus didn't say, pray this. This is what, what you should pray. He said, uh, this is how you should pray. Pray like this. Pray like this. And so then he gives us kind of, a, a model. And here they are. The six parts of prayer. And if you have your um, news sheet, there's actually a handout on this in your news sheet. And there's a whole lot of P words that are um, in there. And we're just going to invite you to fill these out this morning. Um, part of this comes from, uh, part of the stuff we're sharing today is from our the spiritual maturity course and through that we've just said hey this is just fabulous boy it'd be good to share this with 
others in the church. And part of uh, this is sharing some of the things that we've learnt together in, in that time. So here are some helpful things that Jesus says in these passages right here. He says, pray like this. And the first thing is to start with praise. And here, at this time, when we start to pray, say praise, praise God, um, we're saying, our Father in heaven, may your name be honoured. That's how we start our prayer time, praising God. Uh, this is a great way to start. I begin by expressing my love to God, by telling God how much I love him, by praising him. Now, um, there are two kinds of praise. Uh, one is to actually uh, adore God and to say, God, I love you, I worship you, I honour you. Uh, and the other way is thanksgiving. Um, this is kind of caught up in this verse that says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. There's thanks and praise working together. So this morning uh, you might ask, well, how do I actually praise uh, God when I'm in this time of prayer, when I've come to, to pray to God, what are some ways I can do it? Well, first I can focus on God's character. That can be something that really actually uh, helps me praise God. You know, some of the ways that we can, can do this is to, as you're reading your Bible, you know how we talked last time getting a grasp on God's word, as we read the Bible, we might come across different verses that talk about God's character. And when you see a, 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 a verse that talks about God's character, you know, maybe it says, Lord, I, God, God might say, you know, I am full of compassion. And you might write, God is compassionate down and put the reference and then make a sort of list somewhere where you can refer to at this time in your prayer. You know, um, he's saying, I will not cause you to, you know, not hold the people's sins against them. When You might say God is forgiving and you might write that down and put the verse next to it. God's a great uh, forgiver. God loves us. You know, God is love. You might, might find that in 1 John 4 and you might say, well, let's put that down and write that. And then when it comes to your time of praise, you could bring out all the times in the Bible that you have found verses that talk about God's character and say, God, I praise you because of this, because of that. Another way that you can praise God is that you can remember God's promises. Um, you can remind yourself of God's promises that are found in, his, in the Bible. You can actually affirm them and you can do that a number of ways. And one of the ways is actually something I've put on the back of your handout. Uh, it's called, the, it talks about the names of God there. And one of the ways that you can actually do that is look at the names of God that are found in the Bible and that are found in the Hebrew. And when they're translated across into the English, their meaning tells us a lot about God and his promises. For uh, instance, you have Jehovah Rohi. God is my shepherd. And you might be able to say, God, because you are my shepherd, I praise you this morning. You lead me and you protect me and you will guide me. God, I thank you for that promise that you have. I thank you for that. And you could go through all these regularly. And then you could also you know, look through at other times when you find God's promises in his words and reflect on them and affirm them to God. A, a third way that you can praise and thank God is that you can just thank him for everything. Uh, some people uh, like to get a list in their prayer journal 
and actually just make a list of things that you're thankful for. You know, you might spend some time saying, God, I'm just so thankful for my family. And you might write that down, my family. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, you know, the, the provision that you've given me through uh, my, my work and my job. And then when it comes to praise, you might go and turn over to that page and look at all the things that you're thankful for and use those to, to thank God. You'd have a huge list if you keep doing that and thinking of all the things that you're thankful for. Because you know what often we do? It's completely different to often how we can start our quiet times. You know, we can start off by going, oh God, I'm sorry I didn't make it yesterday. God, I know I'm wretched. You know, and we can actually start by, uh, our minds don't normally think of all the things we can thank God for. But when we understand who he is, his character, and when we praise him and give thanks to him, we understand who we're coming to pray to. So that's why Jesus would say that we should begin by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So there are three ways you can, you can actually uh, praise and give thanks to God. So Jesus continued after that, after he said, Our Father in heaven, may your name be honoured. He, he then went to the next stage where he said, I, uh, talked about we come and we talk about our purpose and we pray to God in that way. Here we commit I commit myself to God's purpose and will for my life. Jesus continued in this passage and he said, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So at times like this, I, I say to God, God, I, I want what you want in my life. You know, I commit myself to doing what you want me to do, not necessarily what I want to do. Uh, I want your kingdom to come, your will to be done uh, on earth as it even is in heaven. And this, this is a time when we actually realise that we're not God. God's God. And his purposes in our lives are more important than even our own. So we submit ourselves to his will and we say, God, I want your will in my family. I want your will in my church. I want your will in my own life. I want your will in, in, in every area of my life. And just say to God, do whatever you want. Have your way. You know, if it's whatever you're asking, the answer is yes, God. It's just, that's what I'm saying to you. Uh, this is what it says in Romans 12 and verse 1. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So this time when we're saying, God, I want your purposes, you're saying, I'm giving you my whole life, my whole self, God, to use for your purposes. And that's um, surrendering, giving ourselves over to him. So first of all, I come and I praise God. I praise the Lord for who he is and for what he's done. And then I commit myself saying, oh God, you have whatever you want in my life. Your will, not my will. There are some things I'm holding on and I want to surrender them to you. And you give them over to him. Then Jesus goes on in his uh, prayer, in, in, in the prayer, and he says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us our food for today. Verse 11 says that. And here, when we come to this part, we're saying, God, um, Thank you for your provision. Would you provide for us 
would pr provide for me. And here I come and I say, God, uh, would you provide for my needs? And you might say, well, what needs are we able to ask God to provide? What needs are appropriate? Well, we can bring absolutely every need that we have to God. We can bring them to him. And the truth is there's nothing that's too great for God. Because as we've been looking in the praising times, we're looking at the times of worship, we've realised that God's all-powerful. He's always present. You know, he knows everything. So he knows all your needs. He can provide every need. He's right there with you all the time. Once you understand his character, you realise that there's no need that he can't fulfil. So you can pray about every need. Nothing's too insignificant for God, uh, for you to bring to God. So you pray to him. Uh, Philippians 4 and verse 19 says... God, who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Uh, God will supply all our needs. He's able to do that. And um, so he's able to provide our needs. And then Romans 8 and 32 says this incredible verse. Since God didn't spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Who uh, gave, uh, but gave him up for us all. Won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us everything else? So what this verse is saying, God's already given you the most difficult thing. He actually sent his own son to die on a cross for you. He's gone out of his way to meet your deepest need, and it's cost him greatly. He sent his son to die on a cross. Now, he's already shown you by doing that that he wants to meet your ultimate deepest needs. So if you're going to bring to him some other smaller needs, God's so interested in that and he wants you to do that. He wants you to bring them to him. He's, he's keen to help you. He's already shown that he wants to meet your deepest need and he asks us to come and to bring our needs to him and to, and to ask him. And in case we didn't get it, he, uh, he says in James 4.2, the reason you don't, uh, James 4.2, James writes, the reason you don't have uh, what you want is that you don't ask for it. In, in other words, God's just yelling out to us. Jesus is saying, ask me, I can help you. I'm available. I'll, I'll help you in all that you're doing. You, you, you don't have to just try and... Uh, you know, just go along not asking for anything. Ask of me. And the reason you don't have some things is because you don't ask for them. And if only you would. So the key to this is to actually be specific when you come to pray. Most of the time we just think, oh, you know, we'll wish and we'll hope for things. But that's not actually the same as asking and specifically writing something down and saying, God, this is what I'm asking for. It's so helpful to be really specific when you're asking God. Um, write it down. One of the ways you can do this is you can actually have a part in your page at the back of your journal and you can actually just make four columns. You know, and it might have the date and then the second column might have my prayer request. You know, God, I, I, I'm asking for this. Then in the next column, you could say, God, uh, this is the promise that, that I found. Maybe look through the scriptures and say, is there a promise here that God has about the need that I'm asking uh, that promises that he's going to meet this need? Well, if there is, put a, put a scripture right there next to that in that column. And then in the last, last uh, column, put the date where it's answered. And keep praying. Don't give up. 
Keep praying, asking for that need and see God answer that. Um, it's a great way to do that. When Mandy and I, uh, just two, two years ago, um, were faced with the possibility of moving up to Wodonga, we knew straight away that we had to ask God to lead us and to guide us in that decision. And so Mandy and I spent a lot of time together, both individually and together. We spent a couple of days together um, away from the, from the home and, and praying together. You know, and our prayer in that time, our need, we were saying, God, show us your way. We don't want to do what we're wanting to do or what we're not wanting to do. We want to do what you're wanting to do. So show us your way was on our hearts as our, our prayer and uh, I held on to the promises in God's word. You know, I, I wrote down and reflected on James 1, 5 to 8, and it says there that if anyone lacks wisdom, he will, he, he will give generously to all without finding fault. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. And so I'm saying, okay, God, I'm holding on to this promise that if I ask you for wisdom, you're going to give it to me. So God, I'm playing in this and I'm asking you now to show us your way. Show us your way. And I believe wholeheartedly he did. And Mandy felt the same. So that's good. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, uh, you know, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Why? Uh, you, you might say, God actually knows what I need already. Why do I have to tell him what I need? You know, why, why do I have to spend time presenting my requests before him? Well, you're right, exactly. God knows every need that you have. He knows it completely. Uh, but prayer is kind of my personal declaration on dependence of God. I'm saying to God, I'm depending on you. When I come to God and I ask him and I put my request before him, I'm saying, God, I, I, I need you. I need your help. You, you know my needs, but I'm asking you. I'm depending on you in everything that we have. You know, often there are times, uh, just yesterday, when um, you know, our kids are, are saying, Dad, what can I do? What can I make? What can I do this morning? And, you know, there's a time George is getting the little scissors and cutting around and she gets to a point where she can't do it. And I just love it when she says, Dad, could you just help me cut these little bits off? I can't do them. You know, I think, isn't that great? She knows I just want to help and she just asks. Instead of getting frustrated and throwing it down and stopping, she says, God, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to teach her that. No, no, no. <laughs> but she just says, will you, help me? will you help me do it? And, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because some of us have problems in our lives and we just keep soldiering on, don't we? We keep trying to do it, and finally we get frustrated and we throw it down and we think, well, God mustn't be wanting me to do that. And God's saying, you don't have because you don't ask. Come to me. Depend on me. I'm willing to help, and I want you to help. I want you to ask me. So this one here that we finally get to is uh, pardon. This part is we, I ask God to forgive my sins. I ask him to forgive my sins. If you have a look um, here in, in the scripture, it says, verse 12, and forgive us our sins. Jesus says, when you pray, you're to ask for, for God to forgive your sins. How can we do that? Well, here's a few ways that you can actually do that. Ask the Holy Spirit to re reveal every sin. Say, God, would you, would you reveal to me the areas of sin in my life? Would you show me? And God's pretty good at doing that. Anyone know that God's 
good at revealing sin in our lives. We, we tend to really feel it and know it when, God, when we've sinned. God's word says it. We understand that we've sinned and the spirit convicts us. You know, it's quite different to when Satan um, accuses us. It's different. You know, if uh, sometimes Satan, just what he does is he doesn't convict you of any specific sin. He just says you're hopeless. You know, you just feel shocking and just, and, he, and he, he says, yes, shocking. God would never want you. When the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks clearly about a specific sins. If you ask him to reveal them, he's going to reveal them to you and ask him to do it. And then confess each sin specifically. Isn't it easy just to say, oh, God, would you forgive all my sins? You, know, you can even say that with a smile on your face. <laughs> God, would you forgive all my sins? And we tend to like to do that, bunch them all together, put them in a nice little pile, confess them all at once and dump them over to God. But, you know, the, the key to forgiveness is actually confessing each sin specifically and being honest about that sin. So rather than saying, forgive all my sins, uh, why don't you spend time saying, you know, I've been nasty to this person. I've actually... Uh, drag them down when they weren't present. Now that is gossip and slander. And God, you have said that you hate that and it reviles you. God, I am a gossiper and a slander. A slanderer. You know, if you're saying, how do you feel when you're saying this? You know, it's quite different to saying, God, would you just forgive me? You know, or you say, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've overeaten. You know, I'm a glutton. You know, God, I've done this. And, and actually, when you actually look right at all that, and you say that, if you come tomorrow again to this time in your prayer time and you've done exactly the same thing again, next time during the day when you come to that point again, you're going to think, am I going to have to stand before God again and explain to him all that I've done clearly, bit by bit? And you think, no, I, better not, I, want, to, I want to keep going. You see how just confessing it all in once can, can actually just be a way of smoothing over sin without actually being specific about it. Uh, the next thing is to make restitution with others when necessary. You know, there are many people that will say, I'm sorry, and kind of just say, as if to say, I'm sorry, so get over it and uh, just forget the whole thing. You know, but if you have caused hurt to somebody else, it's not just enough to say sorry. You need to do all that you can to make restitution or make amends with that person. Now, there are sometimes you can't do that. But if you've stolen from them, it's pretty clear, isn't it, what to do? If you've taken $100 from them, it's quite appropriate when you've confessed to give the $100 back, isn't it? Uh, if you've uh, caused uh, hurt by you know, not talking to them or uh, avoiding them or ignoring them, then it's quite appropriate to spend some time working on you know, speaking to them and being nice to them. If you've torn them apart with your words, it might be time trying to find some good, encouraging things and love them and show that in that way. Make restitution. It's very important. And then fourthly, by faith, accept God's forgiveness. So often, so many people have uh, never get to this point. You know, they, they believe that they are totally sinful and depraved and that they can never... Except they never move through the part that Jesus actually died on the cross so that we can be forgiven and that we can come and have life to the full and that forgiveness is not just a thought, it's an actuality. 
God has actually done all that is needed for you to be forgiven. So when you confess your sins, God is faithful and just and he'll forgive you from your sins and, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So by faith, accept God's forgiveness and live in it. Uh, fifthly, we come to the point where we come to people and we pray for other people. We actually um, lift up our hearts and our minds to them. Here, the, the Bible verse here in verse 12, it says, just as we've forgiven those who've sinned against us. You know, we say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And we actually at this time pray for other people. Uh, the, the verse in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and verse 1 says, I urge you first of all to pray for all people as you make your requests, plead for God's mercy upon them and give thanks. So pray for all people. Lift up all people in prayer. Continually pray and, and make the, your requests to God about these people and plead for God's mercy. It's important to be praying for other people. And it's important, even when you don't see changes in other people's lives, to believe that God is working in their lives. Sometimes we get so frustrated, don't we? We pray for people and we don't seem to see any changes happening in people's lives. And sometimes we can say, oh, it's not worth it. Oh, boy, I'm going to give up. I'm going to turn, turn away. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to keep praying. Forget it. It's not working. There's no point in this. But, you know, this, this verse, Paul's urging, he's saying, I urge you, I urge you to pray for all people. So as you pray, don't give up. He wants you to keep going and believe that God is working in that person's life in some way. Start giving thanks for all God's going to do in their lives as you pray. Start saying, God, I thank you for what you are going to do in this person's life. Uh, keep praying. Keep praying. Um, if you want to know how to pray uh, for other people, a great thing to do is just look through the Bible and, and find some of Paul's uh, prayers. He prayed for people. And you know, sometimes we get to pray for people and, and we kind of pray and we say, oh, Lord, we pray for such and such. And God, would you bless them and help them? And God, would you bless them and, and help them? And then would you bless them and help them? You know? And we can get just over and over again saying the same thing. But pick up some of Paul's prayers uh, in the, uh, there's some right through the New Testament in Ephesians and uh, Philippians and all kind of different places. Search them out. Find where, where, where God, uh, where Paul prays and he prays for people. They're beautiful prayers. And, and pray them. Put the people's names right in there. Um, uh, another great thing is to make a list of people that you want to pray for. This is very helpful. In the back of that journal again, get another page. And just write, you know, I'm, I'm praying, uh, I want to pray for these people. You know, maybe you want to pray for Christians, uh, Christian friends on Monday. Maybe you want to pray for uh, people that aren't Christians yet, but you're praying that they will become Christians on Tuesday. Maybe you want to pray for your church on Wednesday. Maybe you want to pray for missionaries on Thursday. Maybe you want to pray for, you know, and just keep uh, identifying people that you want to pray for and, and each day come to a point in your prayer time where you actually pray for those people. It's a great way to spend time praying. So people. And then uh, finally, here out of these six points of prayer that Jesus teaches us in, uh, in Matthew, we, pray, we ask for God's protection in our lives. Uh, here, I ask for spiritual protection in my life. 
The spirit who lives in you is more powerful than the spirit who lives in the world. That's what 1 John 4, 4 says. And I think it's amazing how, uh, you know, we're, we're going out each day as we live our lives, as we get up out of bed and as we face the day, we're in a spiritual battle. And Satan is really wanting to destroy us. He's wanting to discourage us and he's wanting to get us to be tempted. He wants us to get us to be afraid. He wants us to get us feeling like we're discouraged and there's no good. And yet many people would jump right out of bed and go straight into the day without asking for God's protection and God's help and strengthening. You know, Ephesians 6 says, put on the full armour of God so that you'll be able to you know, defend Satan's arrows and Satan's attacks in your life. So put on the full armour of God. Pray, for, pray that God would protect you. Pray for his power to be seen in your life. Now, the first thing, the thing to know is that God is um, powerful. He, he's much stronger than the spirit that's in the world. He's so much more powerful. So if you're trusting in him and you're looking to him and asking for his help and strength, the, the devil uh, you know, will have a great trouble and frustration with you. So when Jesus says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, he's saying that, ask for protection. Um, I, I reckon this is just a, a thing that we need to do every day. And do well. Do you know, as we've looked at these sort of ways of prayer this morning, I just one of the things that as I've reflected on this a little bit is to say, you know, there are so many ways that God can speak to us. But there's only one way that we can talk to God, and that's through prayer. Uh, you know, the more and more that we neglect talking to God through prayer the more and more we are stopping and saying, God, I don't, want, I don't want to spend time talking with you and communicating with you. You know, I might hear you from your word, read the Bible, hear you speak to me and give promptings through people and other things. But the one way that I can communicate with you, I want to neglect that. Now, I want to encourage you to don't do that. To be people of prayer that will continue to build this habit into your life. To be people that will say, yep, I really want to, um, do that all the time. So that's why this week we've got that 15 minutes with God right there in your news sheet again. Now, I, I wonder if you might just want to grab that now as well. And just to let you see how there's, this is one habit that will help you get the first two habits regularly in your day. Okay? So the first two habits are getting a grasp on God's word, you know, spending time in God's word and spending time talking with God. Now, here they are, just 15 minutes. Now, if you're praying for longer than this and you already have a great established quiet time and God is speaking to you, these aren't the Bible-inspired words here. So if God is actually, if you're meeting with God daily and you're growing and things are going well, then don't worry, this might just be some helpful things that will help, might help you a little bit. But remember to um, spend time uh, trying this if you're not doing anything. Relaxing, reading, reading God's Word reflecting on it, recording, you know, writing out a personal application statement. And then the last thing is to, the requests, 
conclude your time with talking about God with showing some of the prayers and the requests. So you could start this time by beginning and putting um, at the start of your prayers, the prayers of praise and thanks. You could start talking about that. And then when you come back after reading uh, the read section, you could then ask all the rest of these things, you know, asking for God's um, uh, asking for God's purpose, surrendering yourself to God's purpose, asking for his provisions, for people, um, uh, doing all those things, his pardon, his people and protection as well. There's a great way to put two of these into a regular time with God. Now, if you're going to do that, I just want to suggest that you really come expecting God to, to meet with you. When you do this, come expecting that God will talk to you as you put a time aside for a quiet time. I reckon it's great to pick a specific time, you know, a time when you can do it regularly. You know, don't just say, oh, I'm going to do it sometime tomorrow when I get the time, because often you won't actually find it. But make a time when your quiet time is there. A lot of people say, I'm going to do it first thing in the morning. It's a way of me showing God is prime in my life and I'm putting him first there. You know, some people say, well, I'm a night owl and I like to do it at the end of the night and the end of the day. It seems funny sometimes, doesn't it, to say, God, would you give me strength, put on all the full armour of God and then hop into bed, doesn't it? But, you know, some people say, I'd, I'd like to do it later on in the day. But, but find the time that is actually best for you. Uh, choose a special place, like we talked about, where you can relax. Uh, some people like to do it in their study at home or in a, in a nice big soft chair or some people like to go and sit on a hill somewhere. But have a time when you are able to come and that time will become special to you. And then um, at, at those times, you'll uh, follow, this, follow a plan. Don't just get there without a plan. So take what you've learnt today in the prayer time and this as well with the back hearing, applying, doing God's word, um, getting a grip on God's word, and that might help you. Well, look, all of this is hopefully going to help to get you praying. So the goal is not to do everything here that I'm asking you to do, but these might help you to actually pray and get the habit of prayer. So want to make this a goal this week, 15 minutes of prayer. Well, if it's a goal that's worth having, uh, make it specific. I'm going to do this every week, every day of this week, 15 minutes. Then the second thing to do, let nothing stop you. you know, no matter what distractions come up, determine to do it. And the third thing, work very, very hard. So remember that. Why don't we pray together? God, this morning we just are so, we, we've experienced your presence and your power in our lives. God, as we've read your word uh, in, in our past, we know that you speak through your word and you just transform us. And God, we know that these habits will help us. Now, God, help us not just be those that understand and hear what you're saying, but those that actually put into practice the things you're calling us to do. God, would you help us to be people of prayer? Would you help us to be those that are constantly depending on you uh, each day? that we would be surrendering to you each day, that we would be asking for you to do great things in our lives. God, that we would be praying for people, that we would be those that are constantly forgiving people. God, that we would be people that are quick to talk to you before making our own plans. Lord, help us to have this habit, we pray, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. One of this morning, if you could just pull out that blue card that's in your um, news sheet as well.